Score, the podcast, is presented by Spitfire Audio. Score, the podcast. The only show taking you inside the studios of the world's most celebrated composers and musical storytellers. Kenny Holmes and Robert Kraft checking in. Hey, and you know what's really nice about our intro? This season, I don't know if a lot of people are aware, it was changed to a more accurate description of the show. And yeah. I love hearing it. It says composers and musical storytellers. And today's guest is a perfect example perfect. of that. And um, I got to warn you, if you listen to the show with kids and you're not aware of Diane Warren, uh, it's sure to be an explicit rated uh, episode because she DGAF. Yeah, and I'm going to say parental advisory, <laughs> not safe for work. But it's a, it's going to be fun. Diane is uh is a is really fun to talk to, and she she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She doesn't sugarcoat, it. and Diane Warren, as you're going to hear, is arguably one of the biggest songwriters on the planet now, and maybe forever. But, yeah, we'll we'll run through a, yeah. uh, a a list of her songs, but do yourself a favor and and Google her name and just look at. I mean, we'll we'll talk about a couple of them, but there's you could spend a whole episode just reading off the songs she's written, and they're all hits. Like these aren't just B side songs. Like she is, she has perfected and mastered how to write a popular song. I Correct. Mean, she's she's the queen of songwriting. So uh, Diane Warren will join us. Ten time Oscar nominee, Grammy winner, fifteen times nominated for Grammys. So yep. she's no stranger to the red carpet. And um, it's interesting that she she's not a performer. She wanted to stay behind the scenes, and we'll we'll ask her about that and much more. Um, some hot topics over the weekend: Godzilla, not the monster at the box office everyone hoped for. Thank you for my pun there. Yeah, kind of um, surprising, I think. Everybody anticipated that it was going to be enormous. And I think, it, you know, what's so scary about these movies is for any other movie, $49 million. Right, right. Oh, my God. But I read this morning, Godzilla cost $170 million to make. And another hundred million to market. Mm -hmm. So, oh, the marketing is insane. Even just, I was driving through Hollywood yesterday, and on the corner of Hollywood and Highland, Godzilla was. They there. have like seventy percent of the billboards, and they're all right next to each other. I'm like, I think we see it. That's a lot of money. Overkill. But you know, uh, sometimes it just doesn't work. But that's one of those movies, though, where like the international box office is going to pay for everything. Kicked it up. Yep, the international did well. But one secret of movie math is if it did forty nine, or let's make it easier, fifty million the first weekend, you can actually pencil out the movie's ultimate domestically at the box office. This way, you take fifty, you cut it in half for the next weekend. So now you're at another 25 that's 75 you cut the 25 and half and you're at 87 and you can actually this is what movie studios do you see that domestically it'll kind of peter out around 100 hmm. this is a movie you need to peter out around 500 so it'll be interesting to see how it goes needless to say we are so proud of the score the score is amazing awesome score and baird killed it and just to have him as our first guest this season was a big coup in fact it leads to how exciting our recent guests have been and their work has been. We yeah. Had, we had Hilder, who... Oh, man. The, the, the story Hilder told about the creation of the Chernobyl score 
being recorded at a real power plant is like it went viral in Iceland where she's from. Yeah. And then the the story got picked up and it's it's in you know news articles all over the place yeah. and and the you know the finale came out last night so it's i mean this is one of the biggest shows of all time IMDb has it i think it's scored the highest TV series of all time oh or, i didn't or, know or, or at least in the top 2 or 3 as it fluctuates but um incredible response and these mini series are like the new biopic in movies it's the biopic in TV it's it's the miniseries. It's TV's kind of created a way of making a five-hour movie split up, and and they're really succeeding with it. When they see us and Chris Bowers, uh, Ava, Ava DuVernay's new show, it's incredible, and the the cinematic quality is it. I mean, it could be at the theater if people yeah. would sit through a five-hour movie, but they're creating these episodic films. And I think did he call it that a film? Each yes. each episode's In fact, a film. I talked to Chris about when they see us after I saw it, which I just finished. And um, it's like scoring a movie every episode for him. This is no longer scoring TV shows where you're doing little cues in and out. And, uh, you know, it's 12 minutes of music total for an hour TV show, which is what it used to be. Yeah, because you're, you're scoring the outside of the house in between right. scenes. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank we you. used to have this cue. And then you'd walk in the house. Yeah. So, um, but Chris said, you know, for a one hour, 10 minute episode of When They See Us, there's 90, 88, 86 minutes of music times five. So, uh, or four on this, this one, by the way, the episode three of When They See Us, I thought, wow, this one is really powerful, really powerful. And I waited, and the director of that one is Ava herself. Wow. And I thought, of course, in addition to everything else, it's really well directed. But um, we're so excited to have them be guests on our show. And, and then right at the moment that their careers and their music are really getting exposed, I think it's good luck for us and brilliant for these composers. Yeah. So uh, Diane Warren will be the other side of that, which is um, somebody who has already achieved huge, huge success, but is continuing to be creative at a massive level. Yeah, look at this list. Here. Okay, she has 10 Oscar nominations. I, is this list all the Oscar nominees? Do you know? Um, I well, think I don't, I don't see um, Rhythm of the Night. Was that a... That was, wasn't a uh, Oscar nominee, but it was one of her first big hits. We talked about that, and we will. But, I mean, I think people all know songs like, Because I don't want to miss a thing. That's yeah. me doing Steven Tyler. How that was... Go? Pretty awesome. I know. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> you know... Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion. Yeah, Up Close and Personal. These are huge. That was actually her Grammy win. And I think recently Diane got a lot of attention, initially kind of negative attention, for the song she wrote in A Star is Born, which is the song that Allie, who's Lady Gaga's Mm -hmm. character, you know, she ticks off Bradley Cooper by doing this kind of super pop song on Saturday Night Live. Bradley Cooper, of course, feels you've gone away from your roots but it turns out the song is a fantastic pop song and uh diane did great with the song yeah she it's it's just really incredible and then not only just the songs that were oscar nominees but she's worked with you know some of the biggest 
pop and and R and B, one twelve and all for one, and some of these songs that you know I certainly grew up loving and never really put the you know back in the day you didn't really have a way of seeing who wrote the song unless you had the vinyl because you're right there wasn't really internet you just heard the the artist singing the song but all these amazing songs trace back to Diane Warren who we're so thrilled to have on the show today um, any other notes. Hey, yeah, before we get to Diane, there's some incredible pictures coming up and also big, big movies still in the marketplace for mm -hmm. summer. But I know Rocket Man being one of them. That's Rocket Man, I think, is going to be a very interesting story as it unspools. I think it did very well. They're already starting to uh, publish articles that say, don't expect Bohemian Rhapsody, which is, I don't know if that kind of means hey, our expectations are limited or, well, we're not going to get to Bohemian Rhapsody, so we're going to start creating a press story that says, we never expected to be at that level. Well, and what does that mean? Don't expect it in a good way or a bad way? Because I know people were split on it. I think they were meaning box office. Bohemian Rhapsody, 1.2 bill. Wow. And Rocket Man, they're saying, we won't get there, but we're so proud. Of course, uh, Godzilla at 49, Rocket Man opened at 25. And I think other pictures that are performing well, Aladdin certainly is going to be a big one all summer. John Wick had a big opening and was stronger than, than they thought. And I think coming up, we've got some really interesting pictures. Dark Phoenix is coming this weekend, mm. which is Hans Zimmer's latest big Hans score Zimmer too. picture. Um, also, a couple Secret Life of Pets. Really. Uh, did you see the first one? It's I it, did. It's and, hilarious. And this one, a lot of advertising on television i'm seeing mm -hmm. the ad for everything and uh listen they've got alexander desplat scoring it one of the greats and, and his first the score for the first one was fantastic and yeah. the, the movie's really fun and it's it's one of those where like yeah it maybe it's aimed towards kids but it's i had a good time watching it it was a it's a fun movie for all ages and he's so good with comedy you think of desplat as you know this kind of genius european composer but he's very very funny um there are two documentaries coming this weekend which i'm really interested in pavarotti directed mm -hmm. by ron howard whose last documentary was eight days a week the beatles and also of course ron howard directing beautiful mind and cocoon these really big movies so he decided to tackle a story about the greatest opera star which should be very interesting. And, and musical. And musical, yep. He's very musical to begin with. There's also one other movie I want to give a shout-out to. My great friend Reggie Hudlin has produced a documentary on someone who is not known as well as he should be, but is absolutely the motor behind most of the pop, R&B, hip-hop um, of the last century into this one, a gentleman named Clarence Avant, who is known as the Black Godfather, he is the rainmaker. He really was responsible, as you will see in the documentary, for the history of music that we listen to. And hmm. it's a very interesting film um, produced by his daughter, Nicole Avant, who also happens to be the wife of Ted Sarandos, who runs Netflix. Hmm. So... Uh, the reason it's on Netflix. I was going to say, where, um, where is it at? Where, where um, can we find it? But uh, that'll be a big one. Clarence Avant, The Black Godfather. Check it out if you're a fan of all the music that we love, I'm sure. And coming up very shortly, we're going to get a chance to talk to one of 
America's and the world's greatest songwriters. No question about it. And I do want to, I don't want to reveal, because we like to do our weekly reveals, but we have such incredible guests coming up in this season. So thanks so much for uh, sticking around with us throughout this season. We've had some incredible guests thus far and some, some incredible stories. It's so fun to hear some of this, you know, behind the scenes uh, inspirations and, and stuff that, you know, these composers don't get to talk about very much. So it's an honor for us to do this. And we have some incredible guests that we're in the process of booking for later this season and that some that we've already booked. So uh, stick around for that. And please, if you like what you're hearing, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and tell us what you think, because that's how we uh, keep the show growing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, 10-time Oscar nominee, Grammy Award-winning songwriter Diane Warren joins us on the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. What about Strange Lands and Escape from the Everyday? It's brilliant, George. Before anyone knew them by name. Who's a good boy, Indiana? 400 grand? Let me explain it. George, that's our money. Blockbuster. Following the spectacular failures. Sir, sir, are you all right? And the unexpected triumphs. I told you, George. I told you. A six-part immersive audio series. Blockbuster. Experience the entire six-part series ad-free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other platforms. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. We are here inside Real Song Studios with, with. The, the Diane Warren. The. That's my first name now. The Diane Warren. <laughs> Hi, I'm V. Nice to meet you. V. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Look at all, who, are, who are all those people clapping. They're, they're, we filled the house. You didn't see them? They're behind no, they're, you. It's, a, guys, it's oh, actually little. It's the Hollywood traffic. You can hear it from here. It's they're, our they, studio yes. audience. Nice. We just heard the greatest story of an unfortunate accident, which is really... But Which one? The bike accident or the, the scooter one? I think the scooter accident, though, That was Diane, yesterday. That's, fr that's fresh in my... Really thoughtful. She's here... In my wounds. On a stretcher. <laughs> Complete in a body cast, but she said the score interview took precedent yes. over healing. Nothing so was going to keep me. They rolled from the gurney in this. here. Nothing's yeah. going to keep me from you, which yeah. is a. It's a song I did. I'm next. saying from Detroit Rock City. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. I think that's where that song was so from. So really quick, <laughs> it was. If people come to Hollywood and they're on the tour buses, they can see Diane Warren riding a scooter around Hollywood. Is that yeah, and they could even run me over. I think one <laughs> that's, of them that's almost, extra. almost did. You, I was so stupid. I like because uh, it was a red light. There were no cars. No cars were coming, so I thought I'm going to get across from really fast. I, and I did get across, but on my but not elbows. completely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on your elbows. I actually I didn't realize we are in a beautiful recording studio. That's Thanks. Diane's. But I a lot of history to, here. I'll, oh, I've been in this room when it's been other rooms. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, which uh, it Mike was, Karen. Yeah, Mike Karen had it for did the Baby Atlantic Face, had it. Was, was ba Babyface owned it, so it used to be Solar Records. Oh, nice. Yeah, Solar Records owned it. Dick Griffey, um, then Death Row. You know, Tupac's first know. album, and, really? and, and the Chronic was done here also. Amazing. And then is this face? the studio they're in in the 
Straight out of Compton um, scene? I'm not sure. I know, I know, you know, I'm not exactly sure what yeah. was done here, but I know Suge Knight's room is at the end and we don't want to spray any luminol on there. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> so like, eh, don't do that. But then um, Babyface bought the building and yeah. his wife, Tracy, got Tracy. it in a divorce. Yeah. She sold it to somebody and I bought it from them. So it is Diane you Warren, know, Real Songs? Song. It's a Real Songs building. The Real Songs building. Yeah. My you- songs bought a building. Who knew? They're I real. I love that. Is that cool? That your songs bought a building. Yeah. And it actually, Not me and my songs. Well, that's really nice because your me. songs wouldn't really exist without you. Yeah, it's kind fact, of both of us. Me and fact, my songs. it's a very interesting topic, which is do you feel that your songs are you? Yes. And that is remarkable and probably why you're so – I mean, first of all, for our listeners – you realize that we are lucky enough to be in front of arguably the most successful songwriting either in history. No, there's or no way. No. I no, 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 no. Pretty close. No. Pretty. I'm working not, on. Yeah. I'm working on getting to somewhere like. I that. wonder what benchmarks you haven't. I mean, it's. I've known Diane. We figured it out. Yeah. For I think 741 years. Yes, or 42. And I. 1983, I think, or 84, or 83, or 84. Remind me. So it was 9,000 Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. yeah. And why is Rhythm of the Night such a big part of my memory of you? Had you just? I had it? just got. Yeah, I just gotten a Lynn drum machine. Amazing. You know, remember yeah, those? Yeah, uh, of course. I remember just kind of. Starting out there, and I remember meeting you in the hallway. Yep. When you and Jay Landers, when right. we worked with Jay. Exactly. And so we kind of, wait, God, is that like 30? Oh, God. Do you know what I thought? That's Which almost. I remember thinking mm. about, well, this is interesting, it's Jay, the ago. publisher. But, I but like, we were like toddlers when we were like. We were. We were like, you know, eight, you know, we were like I, little I think kids. So. Seven and eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you had, had it charted Rhythm of the Night? Were you working No, I had it? written it. it For DeBarge? <laughs> Yeah, it was for the last Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Why, yeah, he had to get his name in that. But yep. I, I love Barry Gordy. But um, yeah, why didn't they just call it The Last Dragon? It's Barry Gordy's <laughs> The Last Dragon, like Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge. Is, is his name in that? I think it might be. Wow, so, interesting. Um, you, for some reason, is Yama- I think I'm gonna have D- Diane Warren's in front of every song I write. Diane Warren's Rhythm yeah. of the Night. Yeah. The Diane Warren. Yeah, every, every, yeah, the, yeah, the has to be there too just you know to make it as Hollywood, as possible. You could ask for that and people would first, they might grumble but you'd get it. I just wouldn't. <laughs> Some of the stuff is so stupid that like, yeah. yeah. In fact, I always said that when we were making movies, the credit was a much bigger issue than the money. You know, the size, right. the size oh, of the yeah. name. I know. Like in, or if yeah. your name is before, it's like, a, it's like a seat in the restaurant. Single it's card so weird, credit. Right? Yeah, it's it weird. It is like a seat in the restaurant. It's like put me by the kitchen because well, I want my for, food fast. Right. Well, for me, it's usually, you know, I, I often say, don't you have a view of the men's room? Because that's where I'm so used to sitting. <laughs> they find that one seat in the restaurant where they put What me. is going yeah. on here? <laughs> yeah, but people make big deals of the stupidest shit. So, but they do. But you I don't. said your songs are you, which I love because well, you Well, they come from me. I mean, you know. With material. And it makes – I've been thinking yeah. about this conversation because I've wondered the stupidest things like – at this very moment, today, do you have an idea for a song that you're kind of on either side of this conversation, you're going to go back and sort of, I think the word is fuck around with for yeah, a minute? Yeah, I started it. I, I didn't start today, but something I was working on right before I got here. And was it a song cool. with a purpose, like I no. know where this will go? No, it's just a cool song. It's just a cool yeah, idea. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit just out, out of pure fanboy curiosity? 
did it start as you, your elbows hit the ground? I was going to say, sidewalk? no, no, it didn't. It wasn't your bird scooter yeah. inspired. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't from that. Do you no. remember something that triggered this melody? It was just a chord progression kind of thing. And, nice. And having a hit of a joint, to be honest. Absolutely great. This one. And something. But I didn't. Not this morning, but a couple of days. Do ago. you know where it would go yet? I have no idea. Hopefully, somewhere good. And do you think of it as a particular artist? I think it could go different ways. That's the thing sometimes with my songs. They can go depending on how I demo them or, you know, they're kind of – it's interesting because you could do an arrangement or, you know, that. Like it could become a whole different thing. Absolutely. That That's a, I, I haven't thought about that because sometimes it takes a lot of bravery to say, oh, I'm going to try this as a reggae feel or I'm going to try this as a rock feel. But I love doing shit like that. So and do I, you I, do it? And I like when someone takes a song and just – Kind of fucks it up. And have you had that happen where somebody takes it and you hate it? You don't have to yeah, say who. Yeah, yeah, I have. And then when it's a hit and higher it went up the chart, I loved it more you all love the time. It more. And, and then I, maybe I got it. Like I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't get it at first. That you know? can happen. We, I mean, want, we wanted to talk about your movie songs. It's funny you say rhythm. Well, there was I... one that was from a movie song that I was particularly thinking of. God, What's what was that? it called? It was a Kevin Costner movie. Fuck. I might have it. I, I, it was a song called, just a song called I Could Not Ask For More. Nice. That Edwin McCain did. Beautiful. And I remember. Oh, I know that, that song. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you or you? Oh, it's you. That was me. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. He's just um, an observer. <laughs> um, that was, what was the movie called? Fuck. The movie was called Fuck. Um, <laughs> and I remember like hear, hearing the, the, like doing the demo and hearing the, the, actual record of that and it was like maybe 20 beats faster I was like I was in Nashville I go I fucking hate this and I was calling everybody what is this what they do to my song but it was such a great record you know and, and then, I, then I totally got it and he made it a million times better than that's amazing what it was. did you demo it as with a female voice or your no, voice no it was a male voice and it was like a it was a piano ballad but you know but it has became, anybody since they, that's a 20 beats faster do you ever yeah. hear a recording of yours where they've changed a chord or a yeah, melody? But yeah, and if you make it better, I'm happy. And if you don't, I'm not. Can you know, but it's okay. But you know what? Once it's I gotta like re and I've come to be a little cooler about it. It's like once it's out of my hands, it's not mine anymore. Right? And once an artist gets it, I mean I could have my opinion, but it's it's their song. Can you just for our listeners who don't know that how this process works, so when you write a song do you have an artist in mind generally, or is sometimes, it sometimes? Sometimes, and yeah. then w once you once the song is written, how is it presented to Edwin McCain or who, whomever ends up doing the song? What what is that like process? It's, it's always different. That like I remember that time I, I actually played on the phone to him. Hmm. You know, like what I like to do, person like I like to have personal contact. I don't want to. I, I never like just sending a song. Huh. You know, I like to explain it and hopefully meet with an artist and talk about it you know or on the phone and know? and how are you connected it, did you have him in mind or did someone say hey this guy I thought it was really good for him you know yeah and then later became a country hit with what's her name Sarah Evans I think oh that. really yeah so these songs also have lives and you know what they I remember it was like the fifth end title song in that movie whatever that fucking movie was it's like when he get he's like a sailor or something. It's like, a Kevin Costner yeah, sailor he, he movie. Get, he, no, he gets Checking. oh, message in a bottle. Nice. That's what it was. They didn't have Sting. 
Yeah, why didn't they come do that? Because yeah. I think that would cost more money to have the song title attached to the. I think artist it was called "Message in a Bottle." Who did it? We did a couple songs. You you did two songs while uh, trying to scoot back I'm into sorry. that mic there a little okay. bit. So okay, I remember you did a song for Leanne Rhymes for "Anywhere But Here." Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Thank you. What it was called? Leaving's not leaving. You're right. For and the movie. I don't know if the movie did well enough to promote any songs. It was yeah, also, and I loved the movie, but I don't. I don't. Susan Sarandon. Correct. And, I can't remember. N- Natalie Portman. Yes. And. Did they live in a Walmart? Did they come? No, they came to Beverly Hills. Yeah. I was confusing with the other one. They came to Beverly Hills to – Susan Sarandon wanted to get her into a Tony private school or public high school. Yeah, I think I kind of – And they lived in their car. And, yeah, I kind of you know, remember that. And um, But, you know, some of my favorite songs I've done from movies are ones that no one knows. But they like reappear. That. I was looking. Some of the songs, the movies tank, but the songs go out of – yeah, I've had a lot of. It's so weird. Because I, I was, you love me. Yeah, was that didn't it, did that first appear in a movie? That was in Up Close and Personal. Right. Did yeah. the movie do well? <clears throat> I think it did actually. I think that did pretty well. One of your great ones. I mean, I I have. Wouldn't that have been like a Me Too moment now? Remember Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer? Yes. Like. There's so <laughs> there's so many things now that you think, how did people get away with that? I mean, they got married, and it was a beautiful love story. Yeah. Um. Was Unbreak My Heart ever in a film? Mm, it wasn't written for a movie, no, but it's been used. It's just, you know. That one is well, it was, it was actually exceptional. Used, thank you. It was ironically used as, I guess it was a life story, uh, uh, like a, you know, what's it called? A biopic? Know, biopic um, of Tony Braxton on Lifetime. And they called it Unbreak My Heart. I'm like, Bitch, you didn't want to do the song. It's oh, okay. That's no, it's she, okay. She, it's okay. I love you, Tony. It's all. It's all that's good. That's so lovely. Uh, she, <laughs> she did not want to do that. Song. Kenny and I wrote a song that she didn't do, and we always were yeah upset Man. about that. I thought well, you were see, saying, I mean, you know, she doesn't always know what exactly the best songs. I are think her. you hear those songs. <clears throat> you hear those stories about artists all the time. You must have had. Uh, times that an artist says to you to your face i love this this yeah. is great i love it and then yeah. they go away and you hear they're actually not going to sing it yeah and that's then, always fun but haven't there been but then sometimes it's just meant not meant to be them oh you know, it's like so stories you, well it's like stories you hear about an actor not you know isn't it good that robert redford didn't play the graduate yes you know what i mean i mean i was gonna say or you know what i mean uh, or or you know i love robert redford or wasn't he supposed to be like you know, Michael Corleone, weren't they going yes. for uh, – like, R- Ronald Reagan was supposed to be the Humphrey Bogart Will part Smith. Yeah, see, it, it all works out. Will Smith recently came out <clears throat> earlier this year and said he, he, was, he was supposed to be Neo <laughs> oh. <laughs> for the, from The Matrix. Oh, shoot. And instead he wow. did Wild Wild West. Uh-oh. And he was like, you're welcome, everybody. May not <laughs> have been my best decision, but – No, but you know what? I mean, I, I do believe that sometimes, you know, if someone doesn't do something, you really want them to do it. It's kind of a bummer. And then you go like, oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you for not doing that song because it wasn't there, meant to be you. Are there any notable ones that some you you thought like this is the person I'm writing this song for, and then they didn't want to do it, and then it went to someone else and it just exploded? There's probably a lot of those. I have, I have to think about it, but there's, <laughs> there's probably a lot of. Well, those. how did you get Tony to reconsider Unbreak? It wasn't me. It was Clive. Oh. I think it was Clive was like, "Do you want your album to come out?" <laughs> oh, that's always a nice <laughs> bit of leverage to have. Yeah, to I mean, run the record. That's company. great because if it's not on the album, it might not come out. How in the world? That is I, I'm how in the world after? Okay, so maybe before you sing it, you know, and you go like, 
I'm not sure, but then once you sing it and it sounds that fucking good, then you still don't want it. Yeah, go figure. It's just an <clears throat> intensely beautiful song and Thank lyric. You. Thank you. And when you started to say, oh, I guess it did appear in, and you said a Lifetime movie, I thought mm. you were going to say, yes, it did appear in like some ad for a heart medication, you know, <laughs> unbreak my heart. Actually, that would, that's a good idea. Not okay, terrible. anybody listening, you know, you can get licensing. You give us a call. <laughs> that's always been one of my all-time faves. You just wrote a song that was recorded by the young lady in This Is Us? I'm so excited about that. Tell Chrissy me, Metz. Because I didn't think she was a singer. No, how about me? I didn't think she was a singer either. Mm. Okay, so um, she, amazing actress. Um, this movie is great. Have you seen Breakthrough? I have not. I haven't. It, it's really great. Like I'm, you know, I'm Jewish. What I know about faith-based movies. But it's not, they don't put the faith stuff. It's not all Jesus-y not, and stuff. It's a, it's a beautiful, yeah. true story about this kid that, I mean, he went, fell through the ice. He was dead for an hour. And the uh-huh. doctor came out to tell his mom he was gonna that he was dead, and hmm. she went in there and basically, basically just prayed whatever she did, and his pulse came back. Amazing. He wasn't he wasn't supposed to live the night, and if he lived the night, he was he had no literally no brain activity. She did not give up on him. The the town. I mean, it's a beautiful story about hmm. about community too. I mean, mm-hmm. and the, I met the kid at the premiere. You know, like so his brain nor- must have come back. Yeah, his brain is normal. It's a yep. beautiful film, and I and hmm. I saw it, and I go. And there's a moment in the movie when, when everybody stands up that that believed that he, you know, that that stood by him. So I thought I'm going to write a song called "I'm Standing with You," you know. So I just I got really inspired. I'm so excited about the song. They go, well, we want Chrissy because Chrissy stars in the movie. We want Chrissy to do the song. I'm like, oh God, no, not an actress. No, can't we get Carrie Underwood or Lauren Elena or one of the. Ironically, well, I'm going to fast forward it. It mm. was premiered on the ACMs, and everybody that I wanted to do the song instead of Chrissy was up there singing it with her. Oh, how mm. cool is that? Amazing. But so, so they wanted me to try her, and I go, okay, well, can, okay, if we get Chrissy on there, can we pair her with Carrie Underwood? Can we just right. do something? Yep. I was just scared it was going to suck, and I'm yep. the worst liar. So, <laughs> so she came in here and worked with Kyle, um, yep. one of my producers, mm-hmm. and I left for three hours. Because I don't want to. I mean, I'm. I'm like. Because I was really negative about it. Like, you don't want me there. Going. That's really uh, interesting. You don't sit at the console no, while we're recording. No, a lot of singers don't even want me. No, I, I, like I'm going to nitpick and. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's better if I'm not there. Better to come in later. So I come back. and I'm like, fuck. What if this sucks? And she's going to know that I fucking hate it. And I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm. I'm really a bad liar. So it was played back to me, and I was blown away. I'm like, oh fuck, man, you are so good. Like she has like an Adele thing to her voice. She's a great singer. And she and I go, you know what? I don't want one person on the song with you. I want this to be just you. You know, so I was sold. Did, is she know? a singer normally? She's a real singer. Oh, She's so really she, good. Did you know, you, and you didn't know I that? didn't know and I've never watched her, her will, TV will show. Will she or has she made her own record? record? We're doing that now. We're, I'm, I'm, That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm working. I've done, we've done three songs so far. You That's know? huge. That's great. Yeah, I'm excited about her. I think she's really great. And I think this song, I mean, fingers crossed, maybe number 11, you know? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's 11 Oscar nominations. Yes. Yeah. You already have 10. I have 10. Which is you know? incredible. And it kind of the song kind of fits with my recent songs where they're a little deeper. Well, you know? I, it's actually, I started to look through recent and original songs. There is a really wonderful and unique thing that you are doing, which thank you, 
and not enough songwriters are doing. You're writing political songs. Well, not necessarily political, but they're songs that deeper that, meaning. They have yeah, a call to action. A yeah, little bit. Right. yeah. They're not just love, love. You know, they're not just lovey dovey. Though no. some are. They are songs about with meaning. Right. Social meaning. Yes. First of all, and the cool thing is they they transcend. You know, the movies, because like Stand Up for Something from Marshall became the Stand Up for Cancer theme song, right? Yeah. You know, I'm standing with you. Um, I'm not supposed to talk about this yet, but I will. I mean, Far away. You know, there's this thing called Playing for Change. Yes. You heard about that? Absolutely. With, with Stand By Me? Yeah. I, okay, so since, um, you know, the ACMs had like Carrie Underwood and Chrissy. Yeah. It be, in other words, that song on the ACMs became about because country music such a boys club. So they wanted to have a, a moment. On, on the ACMs, where it's all women, so it was like all the biggest country artists were were with Chrissy. And by the way, she had balls to do that. She had never sung in front of people before. Whoa! You're getting and she on sang a, with these killer wait, you're getting a, and for an audience because you can't fake it in country music. Yep. Those are those aren't auto tune people. Those are like actually right. You have to sing in tune. Yeah, they're the real shit. And um, she's she's saying that. But what was the point? Oh, so the plan for change. So I, you know, uh, they've been talking to me about stuff. I go, what? What if we like took. You know, to had the every had to be women musicians all around the world doing that song with playing for change. Is that How what's cool. coming up? Well, that they love the idea, and Norman Lear loves the idea, and he's I love him, and Please. he's the one who introduced me to them. How cool would that be? Like I'm talking about, like everybody, I'm standing with you, like women all over, like you know, Africa, you know, I love that, in China, India, in everywhere around the world, yeah. you I know, women's choir. Yeah, I, I do too. So how about I'll fight? Yeah, I'll fight. You know, I'm excited about that too. That's it, is right now, man. For an, another award coming up. Well, potentially can be nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. Which, like, with "Till It Happens to You," with um, that's the cool thing about documentaries. You know, "Till It Happens to You" was was important. It was the hunting ground. Yeah. Right? And that, by the way, that song transcended that too. Yeah. I mean, well, one cool thing about "Till It Happens to You," it really kind of kicked in the Me Too movement. You know, people weren't talking about sexual assault. How did you? I'm just curious about that title, which is perfect. It's a Thank perfect you. title mm-hmm. and lyric, Till It Happens Thank you. To and You. And you're not saying what it is because in the movie, it's about sexual assault. Yeah. But then it be, then people are using it for anti-bullying. It can be anything. Things. It could be anything. So it's, you know, you could... You know, you could be going through like a being sick or losing somebody yeah. or losing your job or just going through whatever hard times. Everybody's going, ah, it's going to be better. No, fuck you. No, it's not. And that's what, what you was don't know that song. until it happens. Until it happens to you, you don't know how it feels. Simple, you know. Should have won. That's the that was the one year I kind of was super bummed out. Um, that's the one year I thought because when everybody's telling you, yeah, you're winning, you're winning. It's like, and I kind of thought cause all the prognosticators was like, you know, and then they have like Vegas odds on these things. It's crazy, right? And then. You know, I don't know. If I was going to lose to a James Bond song, I would have rather have lost to Live and Let Die or something like that. <laughs> so if you could go back <laughs> or to Or Goldfinger, your, if it's a James Bond song. If, if you go could go finger. back to your 10 Oscar nominations, would that be the one you wish you had won? Or is there one particular that you're like, man, I should have won that I was. One. Well, I never think I should have. I was hoping, you know, I was hoping for that one. Another one I that I was hoping for was Because You Loved Me back in the day. Because the same Just kind of thing was that. Unbelievable song. Thank you. Uh, but, I mean, but you know what? It's cool. Nothing's going to stop us now. Can we just go yeah. through a little? I'm <laughs> That's sorry. I did that with Albert Hammond. Um, loved Albert because yeah, Albert's he loved the best. me yeah. from up close and personal. Yeah. We're going to just, for all our <laughs> listeners, just so you know all who the Oscar we have here. <laughs> these are some of the, you could actually do an incredible concert. That wouldn't be a terrible. Well, I want to do that. And the winner is. And you have 
Well, none of them are winners. Right. And the loser, <laughs> and the loser is. How do I live from Con Air? Yeah. Leanne sang it. And Trish Yearwood was One in the movie. One of my all-time faves. I don't want to miss a thing. Thank you. Yeah. One of the greats. Um, Thank you. From Armageddon. Yeah. I want Aerosmith. Yeah. yeah. And Aerosmith. Their biggest song. hit. Which, by the way, I saw hit? your I saw your tweet that said it was. In the top five funeral songs? Yeah, it's not cool. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, it's not good to die. <laughs> that but, is cool. No, but the cool – I, I said something about that. Like, I didn't know that you, was a list, first off. But. I know. It's not cool. I mean, I like to make a list. I don't usually – I said something kind of on my Instagram. Like, people are just dying to get on this list, which is kind of <laughs> sick. But, nice. <laughs> but the, when you have a song that can be a wedding and a funeral – oh, sound effect. <laughs> when you have a song that works on a wedding and a funeral, that's a big song. I think – is there any well, other and song a, and a, Yeah. Okay, so here's one. Because You Loved Me. Yes. It's E.D., past tense. Right. Okay, why are you getting married to that? No, I don't mean that because it's, it's a beautiful yes. wedding song. Yes. But, but it's E.D. Yes. Could be the commercial song for it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's used in funerals too so, okay. yes. cause, because of the E.D. And it was written for that scene when, you know, Robert Redford's character dies and she's <laughs> kind of, you know. How about music of Boy, my I heart? just sucked the life out of this uh, podcast Gl- with that question, didn't Gloria I? Gloria <laughs> Estefan. Oh, and in sync, yeah. There cool. you'll be from Pearl Harbor, yeah. kind of another Bruckheimer. Yeah. Rita Ora. Yeah. On, um, and I love that movie. Um, getting Rita was the director's idea. Um, there was kind of a, was a bummer because there was no support. I really from, liked the movie. I loved, I loved the movie. Uh, first of all, I love Gina, the Yeah, director. she's the best. You should do something with her. She's I'd great. I'd love to. She's really talented. I love Gina. Gina I'm, Price, I'm supposed to work with her Clive again. Wood. Yeah. And I actually, the actress in the movie, Gugu She's Mbata great. Raw, absolutely beautiful. Don't you think that, that that was such an underrated movie? Beyond the Lights, a real, you know, there are lots of movies about backstage music yeah. stories. This, this was, was real. It really felt real. One, and a super great relationship. And I was, ha- I was proud of the song, too. And yeah. Diane wrote the song Grateful. Yeah. Here's, Thank you. Now we're getting up to some of my faves. <laughs> Stand Up for Something. Yeah, it's Marshall, one of my favorites. Ever. Uh, produced by my great friend. Paula Wagner with Reggie. Yeah, yeah. And, You're doing uh, something with Paula. I am doing something with nice. Paula. We got a movie coming up. And I want to do the song. If you I like. hope so. If you, I mean, want, me. You know, if that, you want me. That could be number 12. Yeah, let's come on. After, let's keep them uh, coming. How soon do you get on a movie? Does a director reach out to you early and say, we want a song and we want you? Or We want Diane Warren. <laughs> we don't want Which Diane Which everyone um, wants. But... I know. Well, it's, it's always different. I'll tell you with stand-up for something, it's a good story. So there was another movie. I'm not like going to I'm not going to say what the movie was, but I was really, you know, bummed. It was it was like a Denzel Washington movie, okay. Senses. And I'd done a song and everybody wanted it in the movie except Denzel. He wasn't a nice guy. I'm actually. so sorry to hear no, that. It's okay. Whatever. Okay. But everybody else is cool. Um and I was having lunch with a friend you know, I never even – it was a Saturday. I'm, I work Saturdays. It was like kind of a weird thing where I go, okay. Diane I'm, works all the time, <laughs> I said, like, okay, I'm going to go and have lunch with my friend who, who – uh, I'm, I'm kind of digressing. My friend Jackie Fuchs, who used to be Jackie Fox from The Runaways. Right. So I met Jackie because after Till It Happens to You, I sent her the song. Cause she, remember when she went public about being raped by Kim Fowley? Yes. And I thought the song could maybe help her. We became friends from that, right? Amazing. So we were having – so it's all from these songs. It's interesting. So I'm having lunch with her and I'm going – it was right in the middle of this – that thing with the Denzel movie. I'm going, I'm so fucking bummed because <laughs> Andrew Day did the song. Everybody – but everybody, you know, and she goes – well, my, my cousins wrote this movie that Reggie Hudlin is doing about Thurgood Marshall. You know, maybe you can do a song for that. And I go, oh, Reggie Hudlin. I met him last year because I met him. He produced the Oscars when Till right. It Happens to You. Yep. And we really hit it off. So when you're asking me, like, do I call? So I called him. 
you know, and I just said, I heard about this movie. If you're interested in, in me doing the song, I, I, he goes, I'm sending you the script now. So I read it, <laughs> nice. and I listened to Change is Going to Come 50 times. I wanted to I wanted to go back in time. Yeah, perfect. You know, but I wanted to make it modern. Yeah. You know? Um, so I started singing that, and I was like, oh, my God. And I called Reggie. I go, Reggie, listen, listen to this chorus. He was so excited. Because it was like, oh, am I ripping it? Because so, it sounds like it was always there. But it's one of those things that wasn't. Organic. Yeah. And I was so excited. It was like crying writing it. You know, and then um, – after I wrote the song and um, I was talking to Andrew's manager and we were saying, wouldn't it be cool to, to put a rapper on here? You know, like cause those songs, just to fuck with the genre because yeah. back in that era, there weren't rappers. So if you yep. take that and move the, put those times so together. So creative. Yeah, you know, that's cool. But, and then we both thought Common. And then a week later, I was going to Sundance, you know, and he's sitting in back of me. I'm like, okay. Kismet. I'm always, yeah, exactly. Always, I'm... I'm Never wanted to lose an opportunity. So I started singing it to him and he, and he loved it. Did you it. know him? I'd met him a few times. Yeah. You know, we talked about let's do something, you know, those kind of things. And um, In the said, theater, you sang it to him? No, no, on the plane. Oh, on the plane. Yeah, on those plane. poor people sitting by him that had to listen to me, you know. <laughs> it's they were fun. thrilled. You know, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> some tried to jump out the window and the, the windows <laughs> wouldn't open. Anyway, so we landed and I sent him the demo and he, I had like 10 missed messages from him the next day. He goes, I have to do this, you know. What so, what chance? I mean, what, yeah, it just was so if meant you're to be. Twenty minutes late to your flight, but the whole you thing was it, the know? whole thing was meant to be. Like just even just my friend going, oh, and I'm telling because I'm so pissed off and about the other thing, and she goes, well, you know, maybe you could do a song for it just, this. But it actually comes back to something you said earlier in this conversation. Sometimes it's just meant to be. Yeah, it's the other strange, wasn't meant to be. Right. I got a great song out of it. Um, I hope people hear it someday. It might have been one of the most notorious in a nice way. Aspects of Marshall was the song going as far as it did. Yeah, Marshall was. I also loved. Of course, I saw an early cut. It's a I great movie. Reggie I... and Paula, and I loved it. Chadwick. Um, and yeah, it, it, so it didn't get it didn't get marketed. And how about I think three of the last three studios I did movies for went out of business. <laughs> Or a bunch of them. Weinstein with Till It Happened to You. That's ironic. I wonder why he didn't promote that. Um, <laughs> wait, and then Relativity was. Um, Beyond the Lights, and then Open Road was Marshall. Oh, my goodness. Had you ever worked with a yeah. rapper before? Was that the first time? I did a song for Snoop. Oh. He sang called The Good Shit, which he changed the good good because he didn't want to say shit. How do you like that? But he was Snoop Lion. He couldn't cuss. So. What was that experience like working awesome. with Snoop? I got more. I, I should not have smoked <laughs> any of his blunt because I ate a really large pizza. Oh. But I love him. He's great. And he like he sang it. He sounded really cool. He's like such a brilliant businessman and smart. I've I've had a chance to interview him um a couple years ago about uh his football team. He's a football coach, you know, with oh, his really? kids. And it was like I don't know, I just for some reason I expected him to be like way more, "Hey man, what's up?" And he was just like Football is life, and these are for wow. the kids. And like you know, well, and good for him. Yeah, he's just he's a good guy. I, I seems really, like it I would loved be working fun to him. collaborate with yeah. him. Did you write a song for Michelle Obama? I gave I let her use a song of mine called "This Is for My Girls." And how did that happen? I mean, I'm, it happened with these people that I know. I wanted to run for president, and I can't oh. can't figure out how to get her to do that. She doesn't want to. She I've doesn't want had to. the conversation. But <laughs> she's I, so awesome. So so I did this. You know, they'd these Where did the I knew, song come from? I, I'd had the song. Yeah. And they'd ask these, the, um, Desiree Gruber. Um, yeah. Uh, you know Desiree? I don't. She, she's really cool. Smart. She asked me if I had something that, that we could get different artists for. And I thought, how, how cool. This is for my girls. It just kind of fits. Love it. You know, and I was in the studio with Zendaya at the time. So I got Zendaya, Kelly, I called Kelly Clarkson. She, you know, 
um, Janelle Monet, all these people like came to the party, and and it really, you know, it was all going to charities. Of course, the record label didn't push it, so I got her to do carpool karaoke. I talked her into it. She, I never saw it. It's really good. And she sings the song. Yeah. Well, she lip syncs to it. And then uh. Missy Elliott gets in the car and starts rapping to it and does other stuff. Too. Oh, it was really cool. Yeah. I talked. I, I made that happen because I go, the label's not going to do anything. But the funny thing is when I met, um, like, you, you know, meeting her, it was, it was premiered at South by Southwest and we did a panel with Michelle. Amazing. Um, it was pretty fucking cool. So we met her. Like everybody, like you get in line and you're, you know, and I went and <laughs> I got hyped I go, I can't fucking believe I'm meaning. Oh shit! I said fuck and like, like just. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh god! And she, and she was so cool. She goes, yeah, I try to keep my shits and fucks. <laughs> she in knew, private of course, or at that moment when. You so she, met hit, her, we hit it off. That you had written the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. She loves the song. No, she was totally cool. She loved that I said that. And then we were all at the end of the day. She goes, I fucking love you. And I got invited to the White House like three times. I went to their going away party. You That's know? amazing. She's really cool. God, would that? I mean. I don't I think mean, she wants I that. I always wonder what it's like to be you with this unending series of brilliant accomplishments and creativity, <laughs> and yet you keep going. Yeah, but I'm crazy. You but don't you don't ever me. say, you know, I'm good. That's no. it. No, I'm, I'm never, never I'm good. No, it's, it's, it's always like next. Yeah. That is a really – but that's next. the instinct of an artist. Do you ever take a you break? Know? Do you ever no, feel I, like done? No, never. Never, not for a second. Vacations? Not With good keyboards, at them. Not good. No, unless it's like a work-related thing, and I, yeah. I feel like I'm okay to go. You yeah. know, and maybe I'll go for like a couple of days and do something fun, but not really. I, I, in some bizarre way, I understand the energy of just there's something ahead of you to create. You just yeah. made me think of something. Do you what? feel that you have changed as a songwriter from that moment we met in 1983 to this morning? Well, I'll tell you what hasn't changed, my work ethic. It's always about showing up. I mean, I, th- I hope I'm better. You know, I mean, you know, that was, God, I don't want to think about long ago, <laughs> for 35 years ago. No longer, 36. But, um, you know, it, what what hasn't changed from when I was, you know, 14 or 15, I really, you know, became obsessed with, with writing songs, is, is the showing up part. Show up. Do the work. Isn't that... That's what I 90% do. Ninety so percent of everything. It, it's a ninety-nine. It should be. Yeah, yeah it's probably ninety-nine percent. You know, so I do that. I do that every day. And when you show up and you play something, so, and Sundays. and somebody has notes, how do you feel about? I guess it's individual. Sometimes the notes make sense. Sometimes, yeah, because that's one of the hardest parts. I don't about get a lot of notes because I. I mean, I write by myself. I don't yeah. get, get a lot of notes. But if someone has a, has a change, you know. I was just asked to do something in a movie, like to change. There was a line when, when it just it said something like, um, um, uh, I look in the mirror, I like what I see, could use a few pounds, but I like those curves on me. Which I love that line because it doesn't mean, have to mean you're super overweight. Sure. But like someone in the movie singing that was, you know. That, yeah. So I had to change it to, you know, um, what was it? Look in the mirror, I like what I see. You know, I like, you know, something, I, I love my flaws. I like the way they look on me. So something that wasn't like, you know. That way it can be. You know, it could be anything. Yeah. I kind of prefer the other one. But it's still a good line. But, uh, you know, th- there's things every now and then, you know, or, or or someone might just change something to fit them, which is cool. Oh, that's you know, nice. As long as they don't go like, oh, Do you have you a- know, I'm co-writer on that now for changing the end well, of the butt. I know has happened a couple times. <laughs> and um, But it actually reminds me of. A really interesting assignment that you had that I've been curious about because it, it both – you did the assignment 
incredibly accurately, but it sort of backfired on the assigner. How's that for a mysterious what, setup? What? You were asked to write the song for Allie to sing in Star is Born that was supposed to be the pop song. Yeah, but we, that was, we weren't you, trying to write a bad song. So that's what I was wondering. Yeah, about. yeah, we we were just writing a pop song. Because it's a great song, Thank and you. it's become a huge song. It's, and it's <laughs> the irony being, oh, she's this is supposed to be her <laughs> the, kind of pop song. Yeah, that disappoints Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and, and, and he quoted my line, which is awesome. Which Why'd is you what? come around here with an ass like that? That was my line. You know, and that was yeah. like I'd gotten together with Gaga, and she goes, "I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone. You're going to write to a track, and me and you are going to." Oh, all right, so we got we got a little high. And then I started singing that, you know, that, that chorus and stuff. And then I was, and I came up with a line like, "Why'd you come around? You know, why'd you look so good in those jeans? Why'd you come around here with an ass like that?" I'm like, "Can we say that?" It sounded kind of good, you know. And then it was the line that I guess Bradley Cooper just hated. <laughs> but we didn't set out to like, and it was the same year as I'll Fight. That was kind of cool. So it's why'd you come around here with an ass like that to RBG? But you know what? It makes it interesting, right? Yeah, it just shows the breadth of your palate. That yeah, you and I have no, I have different... nothing against a. A fun, dumb pop song. I had fun listening yeah. to listen. I love, I love pop. I same. That's I mean, I, I, I was thinking writer. this morning about speaking to you and thinking of all the different art forms that I love, and there are many of them: painting and film and all the stuff that we like. I think the pop song, the vessel of the pop song, which you have perfected the craft of in many ways, no pun, <laughs> is kind of my favorite thing. The great yeah. pop song yeah. that. The constantly about, evolving pop song, too. Yeah. How about a three-minute piece of work that makes you cry? Yeah. You know, or makes you or dance. Makes you, yeah, makes you feel happy, whatever. You know, that's but the beauty of music. His, it's just this, an emotion, it's an emotional arrow yeah. that if it's well done, um, and you do it, and I kind of can't wait to hear, like, the next one. That's Me one too. of the things. I mean, that's, <laughs> I think that's, listen, you just said what Duke Ellington said when he was asked, what's your favorite song? The next one. He said the next one. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I definitely agree. Like the songs I haven't, what's your favorite song? Ones I haven't written yet. Although I have favorite songs now, but the, the, yeah, the ones I haven't written. Cause, you Do know. you listen for voices or are artists brought to you by labels or is it a combination of both? Combination. In other words, do you ever hear something brand new and say, oh, I love this new artist? Yeah, I'm- or I'll, I'll hear someone like, you know, it was like a few years ago. I, I'd written a song like about five years ago called Only Love Can Hurt Like This. And I, it was just one of my best. You know that song? I don't. Oh, you got to hear it. You by- got to listen to Well, Paloma Faith ended up doing it. Oh, that's it's the really, Paloma Faith song. It's yep. really good. Yep. And I'd had that song. I just had no idea. Because I have songs that I have no idea what to do with. And those are some of my best songs, including that. And someone played me her. And she was like a pretty big artist in the U.K. And I was like, oh, my God, there's, there's the artist for Only Love Can Hurt Like This. So I found out when she was going to be in L.A. I had dinner with her. And she goes, I don't want to do anybody else's song. You know, I just write everything. I go, well, you know what? Have an open mind. You know, like when you go back to, you know, back home, I'll call you and I'll play it on the phone to you. You don't have to like it. Oh, so you didn't play the song the first no, time? No, we met. were at dinner and she was going back home the next day. And I didn't even have a demo. It was just my my rough. You know, I didn't even, hadn't even demoed it yet. So I called her a week later. And she's like, ugh. <laughs> I go, well, you know, I'm going to play you this song. She goes, great. <laughs> and then I played her. I played her on the phone, and she hung up on me. And I got an email, you fucking cunt. (laughs) Nice. Lovely. (laughs) I'm booking my flight. (laughs) She loved it. Yeah, she loved it. And she, like, you know, came here, like, right after I recorded it. Yeah, and it became, you know, the song that made her, like, more of a superstar. Has she cut anyone else's song? I think that's probably— I don't think so. That's the first—that happens to me a lot. Like, people— 
You know, like John Legend doesn't usually do anybody's songs. And he did a song of mine that's finally going to come out. It's oh. one of my best songs. On what? And on, where? On, his now, on his next album. Oh. Yeah. That's it's not, huge. It's not from a movie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a great song. Just in. And he, he just nails it. It's Called? I'm not going to say the title. Oh, good. Levy. Okay. Let's, I'm looking uh, forward to it. Let's take a quick break. Take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive in more. This is such a fun conversation with Diane Warren. It is. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, SCORE fans, it's Robert Kraft. We're back to the show in 25 seconds. If you like what you're hearing, do us a quick favor. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. It just takes a second, and it helps the show grow. Hey, thanks. We're going back to the show right now. We're back with the... Go ahead. We're back. Take it away, Robert. uh, I think you're going to introduce it. Score the podcast. Diane... Warren is here. I'm with, here. It's actually the Diane Warren. We've, yeah, we've, changed my name. We've the, re. The I don't know if we rechristened. I'm just gonna be just the Diane. I, I like the Diane, but it could be yeah. spelled T H E E. You know, there's there's kind of like no, just those keep guys. It simple. The Diane. Yeah. Diane, okay. when you walk into a room that has your song playing on it, do you do you ever like bring attention to it? Hey guys. Yes. I wrote this. Yes. At a hotel <laughs> lobby or Anywhere. something. Anywhere. Yes. What, what's the weirdest place that's happened? Do you think? Oh wow. I mean, like when someone's next to me in a car and blasting a song. I go, that's my fucking song. <laughs> and I crash the car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that must, must be cool. Because you were you talking, know, happens, we, yeah. what were we talking about a couple weeks ago about um, Paul McCartney? And there aren't many people on this planet that they can say the lyrics to a song, and most people on that street would know the song. And you're one of these people. Yes. Uh, you can tap anybody on. We could walk right outside the studio. Songs, yeah. You could say, don't want to miss a thing. And they'd be, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That one got a light. Uh, that, a lot of people know that song. That's cool. Yeah. That was an amazing. First of all, I remember it being really special and kind of surprising that Aerosmith cut a Diane Warren song. Wait, it was the most surprising it was to me. Thank you, really? Kathy Nelson. You know, that, Kathy. Yes, Kathy, of 100% responsible for that. that. I thought, well, wait a minute. Who got Diane's yeah. song to Kathy. Aerosmith? And because Steven Tyler's daughter Liv was in the movie, correct, and and your friend Bruce Willis correct. plays her dad and yep. and dies, and it's a very emotional scene. Remember when she's looking at the TV and he's saying goodbye to her, and I guess Steven saw the movie and was really emo- you know touched. And Kathy goes, "I'm gonna like," she probably set that screening up. I'm I'm assuming, and she goes, "I'm gonna get Aerosmith to do your song." I go, "There's no fucking way," right. you know. They've never they they, they, they only they do all their songs. I think yep. they did they covered "Come Together." That's you know, they did a yes. Beatles song, mm. which doesn't even count because it's a Beatles song. Yeah, you know, but they'd never, you know, done. Is that the only time they've ever done someone else's song? I think so. Yeah, this is something they didn't co-write. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't walk think this. Oh wait, way. they did another song of mine after, but you know. Really, they cut another. Yeah. That's right. I, I knew that. It was a really good song, but it was on their last album on Columbia, and they didn't promote it. And blah, blah, there blah. was a curious part about I don't want to miss a thing, and Bruce being in the movie. I was with him once we were traveling. Um, we had a house we'd rented. He was making a movie, and um, he had to go get to the set. And I had to—I was the one sent to go wake him up. So I went <laughs> to his room. He's crashed out on this big bed in a, a hotel room. And I go, Bruce, Bruce, you got to go. And he lifted his head and he said, what I miss? <laughs> Did you say I don't want to miss a thing? <laughs> it was before you wrote the song, but oh, I thought wow. that was so perfect for a movie that he's in. Because wow, that was that's kind and that's of, the movie you were waking him up to go to be. It was actually the infamous Hudson Hawk. The, oh. the less said, the better. 
But wow. um, he literally came out of a deep sleep. He was so, you know, kind of there was a party going on somewhere he should be at. But <laughs> um, truly amazing. I wanted to ask you. guys about, go back way, way back to New way York? Way back. Way back to when I, we were perspiring young. And you did you guys all work? Didn't you work? Was he a bartender? He was a bartender. I was a yeah. songwriter. Wow. And um, what was the place called? Because my friend Cafe Central. Yes. Do you, um, do you know Sheila Jaffe? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine. That's so nice. Sheila yeah. comes up a lot. We used to go out to a club called Heartbreak, which was. Oh, I heard a of that. Big man, you were lucky. That was like a fun time, probably. To that, be New, in York New York was rocking. We talk about it a lot. Um, wow. And it was a really fun day. And That's Sheila, cool. another person who was. Just one of the crew, and then she goes and she casts the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah right? everything. Like, she and she is? cast um, Breakthrough, so we have that in common. Oh, so, that's so nice. Yeah, that's so nice. She's I, cast a lot of big. I movies. wondered, did you meet Ruth? No, I haven't. But I got a card from her. Oh, you did. I got a really nice personal card from her. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, yes. You're talking about RBG. Yep. How cool is that? And she told me how much she loved the song, and. That's, know, that's like, and she had, the the cards really funny because it's like it's a picture, like a cartoon of her. Hmm. You know, going, I concur or something like that. It's like, it's like <laughs> that's so cool. She has a sense of humor about herself, you know? Yeah. I'm dying to meet her. I was supposed to, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was supposed to meet her at Gloria Steinem had a screening in New York and she was supposed to come, but she didn't, you know, make it. But I really wanted to meet her. I'm hoping to. Do you um, ever feel like you are living a life from peak experience to peak experience? No. No, I don't think of that at all. I just go to work. And I, you know, and then you know, I try to keep my head from driving myself crazy half the time. So, yeah. Is there a, you know, any technique you use to do that? Or just, just write. Work? Just write. Just, just work. Write. Yeah. You know. And is there a room here in this studio, or do yeah, you there go is. back to the other one? Well, I, I have a, I have a writing room here, yeah. which I've done some nice stuff here too. But I kind of prefer. I mean, I, I like I end up coming here in the afternoon a lot. Hmm. You know, because I remember that original room was a DX7. Yes, uh, I have the DX7 here, but it's not plugged in. But, I, but I'm in the same room. I've never. Cleaned I think it. that DX7 will probably be in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. weren't more hits written on that? There was a bunch some? of good songs. Yeah, there was a bunch of hits written on that. And cassettes. Yeah, I still use them. So you still use cassettes? I still use a. Walk you don't now. go to some kind of fancy digital. No, because program. I don't know where it is. And like, you know, I tried to use on, on my Samsung. I still have a BlackBerry too. But nice. on the Samsung, I tried to use the voice thing, but I I put it on my. I sang it to my answering machine too, just to, but you know on the on the BlackBerry, which you know that one kept it, and then it disappeared off of my Samsung. So I'm like, you know what? That's annoying. I'm good with I'm good with cassettes, you know. But don't you have to roll back and forth to find that little phrase? Yeah, that drives me a little crazy. <laughs> but I'm used to it. I've been doing that forever. Wait, do you have to? You must have to order tapes on Amazon. You can't buy those out of. Yeah, store. we have a bunch of ninety minute cassettes. <laughs> I'm old school. Whatever, what I say? whatever works. It's just like there. I see him. And I can, Some composers know. still do pen and paper. I mean, you got to do yeah, what you got to I mean, do. Whatever is comfortable to you, you know? Yes, whatever works. Whatever works. Um, do you get starstruck um, by anyone? Well, who, when you mentioned Paul McCartney, I did with Paul McCartney. You it's worked like, with that's him? That's a Beatle. I never worked with him, but oh my God, the first time I met him, we, was, um, we both lost for uh, – <laughs> I lost for Pearl Harbor – there you'll be, and he lost for maybe the song from Vanilla Sky. Vanilla like Sky, that. yep. And I remember, like, we were like, it was during a break or something. And I go, "Wow, if the seven-year-old me knew I was a loser with Paul McCartney, <laughs> you know." Or and he didn't really laugh, and I'm like, "Oh God, I said the wrong thing." <laughs> he probably thought he was going to win. I didn't. <laughs> Who won? Um, I don't even remember. That's... Oh, I know. I remember. You know why I remember? Because it was Randy Newman for a Toy Story song. 
I think so. Friend and me? It was the first time he won. I remember writing him a note going, well, might as well be you I lose to. That's so See, Maybe someone oh. will write that to me when I, you know, when it's number 18. Why hasn't you know? someone put together a show of Diane Warren songs for either Broadway or for the film? I know there was yeah. a project that was There's mentioned. A bro- someone's doing it for Broadway. We'll and see what, what would, happens. Any idea what that w- shape that would take? Is there a story yeah, liking this guy, songs? Clinton, I mean, this, it's not all the way completed. It's someone yeah. that's just starting it. And uh, it would be great to do a film, you know, something What would film. be your uh, – so, I don't even uh, know. I have no idea because there's a million Are you saying like you a biopic? I mean, maybe if it. I kind of love I mean, that. I don't know if, if someone thought that. First, was we asked who who would play you. Um, I don't know. God. Yeah, cast Diane Warren. I have for no us. idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Someone because insane. it would be Diane Warren first at fourteen years well, old. Well, Catherine the Hardwick did, did a um, great. She wrote a script, kind of me as a ju- young juvenile delinquent, which is what I was, um, <laughs> getting kicked out of schools and everything. But uh, you know, nothing's happened with that. But that might be. You know the beginning, and maybe that's the I first phase. Of, she's of, great. I and love we did her. Thirteen. Well, she's doing a. They're doing a documentary on me, and she's going to direct it. Can you tell us about the documentary a little bit? You know, um, she's directing. Yeah, she's going to direct fantastic. it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, it hasn't started or anything yet. But man, that's a lot of material to go through. How do, <laughs> they, how do you pick? How do they pick songs for a documentary? On I have no idea. That will be I, I only, awesome. I I'm like, um, you know, that's the rearview mirror. So I'm, you know, my. I'm, You're looking I'm, ahead. Yeah. Do Tony you, Braxton will be in that. I'm sure. Tony, yeah, t- telling what she wanted. To <laughs> telling the, the real song. story. Yeah, I love. Do it. you? No, have... you know what? After Unbreak My Heart was a hit, and I'm not like Tony's great. I'm not gonna like. I'm not saying bad things about. It. <laughs> but she she called me after and goes, you know, I need some songs for my my new album, but I'm not looking for another Unbreak My Heart. I go. And I, I remember going. What you don't want a huge? You don't want yeah, success. I go. Don't you like? Don't you think song? like it's a good? I don't you kind of want one? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Go figure. Did when, you write more songs for her? I did. I that's, did other songs for her, yeah. That's lovely and generous of you. And no, I don't care. Like, I mean, I'm cool. I mean, I, I don't hold grudges like that, you know? That's a really and the, important And the song, thing. Why Would I? The song was a huge hit. She won a Grammy. I remember telling her the night she did the vocal of Unbreak My Heart that she's going to win the Grammy. And I was right. She did. Oh, that's exciting. You know? She knew it. A lot of people have won for that, singing my songs. I, I wonder and if Paloma that's... did. She won the Brit. You know, like the which is for that the song UK Grammy that she didn't want yeah. to sing. No, but once the good thing about Paloma when she heard it, she did. Remember, like that's so fucking exciting. Cunt. That <laughs> is my flight. so exciting. <laughs> Let's rewind that. We got each other on the Walkmans. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I always want to make T-shirts out of all these funny things. You <laughs> said it. one tonight you, that I thought uh, could be the tagline for that movie. Breakthrough. You said it's not all Jesusy. Yeah, and I thought that could be kind of like breakthrough. <laughs> it's not. No, it, it, yeah. You know, not, <laughs> I don't know if they wanted that as their marketing. Slogan, Maybe not. But, but um, I just know. think it's thrilling. I, get I think it's what I love about that movie though is it's positive. You know, it's like it's like okay, miracles can happen. It did. You know, I met that kid. You know, what's that wrong with incredible. a movie about? You know, we turn on the news and it's just like fucking depressing. You know, I don't want to go spend my money and see a really dark movie. I just don't. That's so nice. And it's so nice that the Chrissy Metz relationship. Yeah, yeah. First of all, what a relief that she could sing. Oh, my God. You could have told that story. You came back in after three hours, Kyle recording her, and said. No, I know. I wouldn't have. I was like, how am I going to do this? Get Carrie Underwood on the phone. Yeah. No, but like I'm the worst because like it just shows on me. I I couldn't say. That's really good. You know. No, but it was really. Yeah. How do you. How do you do that when Do you, other songwriters you know? come to you for advice? I mean, you know, 
on Facebook and stuff. Or, and you know, no, I just and they're trying to send me songs. Like, no, do not send me your songs. So people send you songs for either for comments. No, or they. For... But I don't want to hear other. I mean, I'm always writing. I don't right. want to hear anybody's songs. You know, especially someone that you know. I don't want someone coming back to me because I don't know what's going to stay in my head. Oh yeah, you know. I guess. Have you ever had a major songwriter come to you and say, "I want to." sort of ask you questions about songwriting or how do you proceed? No, I mean, when I've met people. Paul McCartney, you know, look for some tips. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. Do you yeah. ever co-write? Uh, and, rarely. And what brings that on? Like Rarely, you... but on occasion, you know. It would just have to be something interesting, you know, or something. You know what I mean? I, I My process is, is my thing. I kinda, your process is your I kinda, thing. I kind of, you know, always... I'm not, I don't close the door on it for the right situation. But the lyrics are always as – the lyrics and the melody and the rhythmic structure are so high quality. Why would Thank you, you bring – Well, I have my thing. I And I, yes. I just kind of just, you know – I don't know. I'm curious when and this all. It takes all... me a long time to write lyrics, so I don't want to be really? sitting in that's the room. The, that's the one that takes the long. Yeah. yeah. When, when did you realize that you were a songwriter? When I was about ten or eleven. And and how did that come about? Do you remember like feeling it or writing? Yeah, what just, did you write? I mean, I just my, my dad brought me a little guitar from Mexico, and I remember just making up my own songs, and you know. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I... then I bribed him into getting me a twelve string. Because I was so a straight started, F and D student. Yes. If I got nothing lovely. less than a B. That so do year. you write songs that start on an F and then go to a D? Because that's a nice change. <laughs> it's a nice key change, wouldn't it? It, it is. Huh. Yeah. So you got this guitar and you you start I just, writing. Yeah, I started what, writing. What was your first moment where like you were – because you, you don't perform your own songs. No, no. I write. So yeah. when did you realize that like you're a songwriter and you don't want to perform for oh, people? I never wanted to perf- be a performer. Really? Yeah. Never. So how do you how do you blow up to but become you know really a songwriter my, my if you don't play? Well, no, I just wanted to write songs for other people. My friend Cindy that was here, we've been friends since yes. we were little kids. Yeah. Her, I was like 15. Her dad knew someone at this restaurant and she goes, maybe you can go play there and someone will discover you. And, you know, I've, I'm shy. I, don't, I have stage fright. But I did and I got asked to leave after one song. <laughs> I and the first money I made was $15 from that. It's really unorthodox though that you would choose – that you wouldn't say, I'm going to try and play in yeah, the, again. Yeah, I know, right? That you would choose the the path of being just the songwriter. Yeah, that's, that's all yeah. I wanted to be. Never that's wanted to be a unique. singer. unique. Most people think they're going to write, particularly in the era where singer-songwriters yeah. were so – did you no have desire. a model no, I mean, of, of a songwriter well, the Brill non-performing? Building. The Brill yeah, Building. Ellie Greenwich and, and – Jeff Berry yeah. and Cynthia. Coffin King, Cynthia Weil, yeah. Berryman, Cynthia Weil, Burt Backrack, Hal David. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, those were my idols. Yes. That I feel like in a weird way I continue that maybe. Yes, you know? not in a weird like way. Putting myself in a little room. Yes. You know, and, and just, just working. I have one other – first of all, what's the name of the first song you wrote? I don't remember, really. It's a good name for a song. I don't, I don't remember, really. really. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't remember, maybe. I don't fucking remember. Oh, there's a good title. And did you write first on guitar? Yes. And do you still ever write on yes, guitar? Yes, I, I just wrote something really good on good, guitar. Good, because that's yeah, I wrote something great on guitar. For a piano player, that's an interesting. I taught myself essay. piano when oh, I was about 18. I thought it was the reverse. No, no, I started out with guitar. No, I don't play either very good, but I, I can get around to write a song. Yes. Um, so I just. Kind of taught myself. So and, and how do you get discovered if you're not performing? That's I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I went of, to publishers, you know, and, and just knocked on doors from the time I was 15. You know, so you remember bring, the Songwriter Showcase? Yes. John Bahaney and Len Chandler. Exactly. And I, my dad used to drive me there when I was 15. And and then, you know, I'd would play a bunch of. Would you put a cassette of, in or would you have to play the songs? I think it was. God, that's a good question. 
I don't. I, I know. I if think it was I live. played the songs. Yes. And you know they were like, "No, this is not good." And I'm like, "No, you don't know your time." I was like an arrogant little brat. You know, <laughs> my this, dad. This actually it. leads to the penultimate question, which is: You own your publisher, yeah, yeah. which is the most rare. But it was There's, an accident, you know. It that's wasn't what like, I was wondering. Yeah, I was signed to this producer named Jack White, not White Stripes, Jack right. White. He was a, a big German producer that produced Laura Branigan, and I was signed to him. You and, and it was solitaire. A, yeah, I wrote the lyrics of Solitaire. I don't even consider that like my first hit. But I was signed him. I did Rhythm of the Night. You know, it was a he had a hundred percent of my publishing. It was, it was a terrible deal. Like there was really no money, and and it was kind of like after I recouped a thousand million times over. You know, we tried to renegotiate. Like, hey, can I have a little bit of my publishing, something? You know, or a little more money? And he didn't. And I kind of left. And he kind of sued me. And I had Rhythm of the Night. And then everybody was trying to sign me. But I couldn't sign there. And I remember like, I want to be a staff writer. My lawyer at the time was like, no, you have to start your own company. I go, I don't want to – like it was just crazy. So I started real – like I came up with the name Real Songs. I was shocked no one had because it's a really cool name. Super cool. You know, and it's like – I mean a film company didn't have that with, you know, R-E-E-L or something. (laughs) I got the name and then everything started kind of happening right after that. So you had enough clearly revenue coming in. Yeah, well, all my money was tied up in the lawsuit. Yeah. And um, I – we had to go to court, me and him, and it was the one time I wore a dress and I was really nice. I don't want to dress as much. <laughs> um, and I remember like – I think he was shocked because I was so nice to him. And I said, hey, why don't we – Jack, and I go, why don't we – you and I meet up and fix this ourselves? And literally the next day we met and settled it. And then, you know, so you never had looked real back. songs. I can't imagine yeah. that subsequently every publisher on the planet and maybe a couple other planets didn't come to you <laughs> and say, how do we – Get you to be part of yeah, our company. Wasn't interested, and you just continued. I mean, along. I have I have deal a deal outside of the U.S. You know, collection kind of thing. Yeah. but no, I just do it myself, and I've always. But, I, but I'm such a self starter. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we are with one of the most unique human beings currently on the planet. Not only one of <laughs> our civilization's greatest songwriters. I, weird. I don't exaggerate. Truly, one of the great songwriters. Um, Thank you. It is. Yeah. It's an honor but to be in here. Also, I know it is. Also, you should be you so honored. No, I'm just business. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, j- I'm joking. Complete today. business owner and self-starting an human. But like all things, these are accidents that are that are somehow purposeful. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm just. It, were, it all worked out, you know. I am just. Uh, it is an honor. And I'm just no. It's an honor talking to you. We've been like friends for a hundred years. A hundred years, and I'm so happy to have had the opportunity to just be here with you and ask these questions. One final question. When you said like, will you will you you do this? I'm like, you have to ask me like anything you ask. Diane said yes, and I thought, really, I can ask Diane Warren all these questions. I've always (laughs) you know we're like old friends. Like like ask me like I'd never you know you know. You've worked with some of the greatest artists in the world, and I'm wondering if there's a rush more of people that you have on your list that you're waiting to work with and no no probably someone i haven't even heard yet that's gonna blow me away yeah you know i love that so and and the constant changing of pop music is has that or do you enjoy the change and the the how how music changes over the decades i mean it always comes down down to a great song though whatever decade you're in it is so perfect a great song is a great song. Great song is a great the song. It's how you a dress great it song. Up. And you have to stay modern. There's there's sonically things you have to be cognizant of, which I am. And and even phrasing and you know it has to it has to 
you know, I'm, I've always been a sponge, so I've always kind of taken in. You know, I'll, I'll be doing a song. I'll I'll be doing like rap phrasings. You know, and I'm like that's really cool. Like you know, so why not? You know, that's just remarkable. Just I, taking it all and just mushing it and making it mushing. You know, does that that's make sense? a kind of that's a that's a <laughs> highly technical songwriting <laughs> yes. term for all of you <laughs> listeners. Uh, songwriters often are called mushers. Yes, <laughs> but Diane. I'm just happy that we had a chance to be with one of the great mushers. Thank you. Of our generation. Sounds, it almost sounds Yiddish. We're all Jewish. We right? are, yes. It's a musher. He's a musher. <laughs> Macher, she is. musher. A song musher. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to come on the show. We really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. It. Anytime. Big excitement to hear this episode. Yeah. And we want to remind our listeners to follow us on Twitter at Score the Podcast. I have to follow you. So is that what it is? At Score are you the on Podcast. Twitter as well? Yes. He is. Oh, Robocraft. I follow you. Oh, I'm, you see all the things I do. <laughs> I love it. In fact, we didn't get a chance to talk about Mouse, who I I'm, follow very he, closely. My best friend. I love her. I was told that Mouse is a Devon Rex. No, she's a Cornish Rex. Oh, a Cornish Rex. Yeah. This is important. She's so cute. Follow Mouse on Twitter. Well, no, she she really took over my Twitter. Oh, well, so Mouse, if you follow me, you're following Mouse. You're going to follow Mouse yeah. and see Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> we... Had the I don't pleasure. know how to figure out how to do put a separate thing. I think Mouse is actually now with Grumpy Cat moving on. I know that's sad though. I think Mouse may have Mousey shot. Let's let's see. Maybe she'll be a superstar. I think Mousey Cat <laughs> the superstar. <laughs> Maybe Grumpy Cat will play. Cunty don't want to miss a thing at the uh, funeral. I just realized oh, that's in, sad, in closing. Only seven years old. Yes, that was sad. It is, but I think in the Grumpy Cat biopic. Maybe Mouse can learn. No, she's not really grumpy. She's just. She could have, have a, a little... cameo. Yeah, she'd have a cameo. <laughs> we are solving show business right. issues that weren't actually problems until we're gonna, we created She's going to make an album. 